0: The desire of Titus Women is to invite women around the world to know Jesus as their Savior, center, and source. May God guide and encourage you through this message by Beth Coppage. If you could turn with me, please, to chapter 2 of Jeremiah. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem Thus says the Lord. Remember our marbles from last week. I've had one person almost get them. How many marbles, how many times does he say, Thus saith the Lord? When you read your scriptures, underline all the thus saith the Lord"s and see if you can count them. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and he said, Go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem and say, Thus says the Lord. I remember you, I the kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal, when you went after me in the wilderness in a land not sown. Israel was holiness to the Lord, the firstfruits of his increase. All that devour him will offend. Disaster will come upon them, says the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob and all the families of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord what injustices have your fathers found in me that they have gone far from me and have followed idols and have become idolaters neither did they say where is the lord who brought us up out of the land of egypt who led us through the wilderness through a land of deserts and pits through a land of drought and the shadow of death through a land that no one crossed and where no one dwelt i brought you into a bountiful country to eat its fruit and its goodness but when you entered you denied me. You defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priest did not say, Where is the Lord? And those who handled the law did not know me. The rulers transgressed against me, and the prophets prophesied by Baal, and walked after things that do not profit. Therefore I will yet bring charges against you, says the Lord, and against your children's children I will bring charges. For pass beyond the coasts of Cyprus and see. Send to Kadar and consider diligently and see if there has been such a thing. Has the nation changed its gods which are not gods? My, my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. Be astonished, O heavens, at this. Be horribly afraid. Be desolate, says the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me the fountain of living water, and have hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Verse 19, You own wickedness will correct you, your backslidings will rebuke you. Know therefore and see that it is an evil and bitter thing that you have forsaken me. The Lord your God, and that the fear is not of me is not in you, says the Lord of hosts. And then go over to verse 32. Can a virgin forget her ornaments or her bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Now, can you turn over in your Bibles to John 21? And we'll start with verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I have affection for you. (laughs) He said, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord you know that I have affection for you. And he said, tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said, you know all things, Lord, you know, I have affection for you. And he said, feed my sheep. Most assuredly I tell to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you willed, but when you are old you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish to go. Then he spoke this he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this he said, Follow me. Then Peter turning round saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, and he said, Lord, who is the one who uh, uh, leaned on his breast at supper? And he said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? And Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about him? And Jesus said, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Holy Spirit, we'd like to invite you this morning to please come and take charge. Would you just speak through the beauty of your word to our hearts? Would you begin in my own heart? And Lord Jesus, thank you that you are the God of our inadequacies, our mistakes, our accidents and our pain. That you are the all-sufficient God and Jesus this morning we invite you to come and just take charge and we worship you and wait expectantly to hear what you have to say in Jesus name Amen I, I grew up in a family of five children there were four daughters and one son so I have three sisters I'm a mother of three daughters and one son and then have four little granddaughters and one little grandson. So that is a tremendous education for life and some of you know that so well and are more experienced than I, but I remember one of the beautiful things as all of us girls were growing up and falling in love, do you remember those days? and then i've experienced it with katie beth falling in love with dan cricket falling in love with matt and now Susanna is in the throes of that and it's so it is interesting to see what happens and it is very that is what we're talking about today where god comes and he says i remember I remember when you first walked with me. I remember when you first fell in love with me. I remember when we were first betrothed. I remember when you sought me with all your heart. I remember. I remember when I le- you were holiness under the Lord. You were pure and you loved me with all your heart. There was no rival in your heart or your affection. I remember right before we got married, Al and I, Mother said, I will be so glad when you and Al finally get married, sweetheart. And I said, oh, I will too, I will too. She said, then all conversations will not turn out. There will be a little reality that will dose into your life. She said, we can talk about tacos for supper and all roads lead to that man. And because it was the passion in my heart, she said, every road leads to him. There was that kind of love that Judah had for Jesus and they had for him. Because what had God done? And God said, I remember. I remember when you loved me with all your heart. I remember." And then he said, what? then God says, though, but something has happened in our love relationship. And what's happened? I haven't moved. I still love you with all my heart, but something's happened to you, Judah. What have I done? And what you get here is this most poignant picture of the eternal God of the universe, the God of all creation, the God who put it all into being, the God who makes life, you get this poignant picture of God, the wounded lover, seeking the likes of you and me. And this is not New Testament. This is Old Testament, the middle of the prophets. And you have God in the most intimate terms saying, what did I ever do to drive you out of a love relationship with myself? Do you not remember, Judah, when I took you, you were slaves in Egypt? You were being beaten you were bound you were in chains and i took you and drew you out with cords of love do you not remember when you were i I, you were i led you through the wilderness and took you and let you led you where people no one lived no one ever crossed through and lived yet i brought you through drought through the shadow of death and then do you not remember that i brought you to the bountiful country, the country that was loaded with milk and honey And the minute you got to the place where you did not need me anymore, you broke the covenantal love relationship and your heart went awry and you began to seek lovers in other places. He said, I called you into a love relationship with myself. And I went last night to Kroger and do you know, found these roses on sale. And do you know what? They are my red rose from Jesus. I believe that he's got them for us. They are symbolic of what Jesus wants for every single one of us Jesus wants to be the lover of your heart and Jeremiah is where Jeremiah as the prophet of God is calling Israel into a love relationship with the eternal God where there is no rival in the life of Israel and that is what God is still doing today in year 2000 in Wilmore, Kentucky, the essence of the gospel is a love relationship where you are all God's and God is all yours. But do you know what Judah did? Judah did what the sieve does. He said, wait a minute. I don't want you to be the love of my life. I want to look around for other options. So he rejected the people of God, rejected God, and said, I am going to make my own way and may decide on my own options. I am going to look to myself to meet my own needs and quenched the thirst of my soul. So he said, you rejected the essence of the book. The key phrase in the book is the key verse is 13. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, They have hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So what did Judah do? Rejected the eternal God when they got their needs met physically. They no longer needed God to work for them. They were not in bondage and slavery. They were secure. They were doing all right. So the minute they got their needs met and were in a bountiful land, what happened? They rejected God and he said, they began to be, look to Egypt to meet their needs because they had unmet needs. They began to look to Assyria to meet their needs. Did Assyria and Egypt take care of them? No. They ended up um, destroying them and hurting them and using them and abusing them. So then they began to look to sordid sex to replace the reality of an intimate love relationship with the eternal God with a sordid symbol to fill in the hole in their heart. Is that not just like 20th century America today? We'll look here, we'll look there, we'll look everywhere, but why do we not want to come to grips with the eternal God? Because if you and I are in a love relationship with God, God says, I have a plan for you and a purpose for you, but you have to relate to me and you have to relate to me in holiness of heart because that is how I've made you. You are made for a love relationship with me and you are made for a holy heart. And only the Spirit of Jesus can give you and I a holy heart. When we sell out to Him, we die to my self-will and enter into full, surrender to the perfect will of God. And then God does not strip away the gifts. God brings the gifts. Do you remember? I remember as a young mother, I had two little children, and they were like four and five, and we were in Massachusetts. And I was full of fear. We've been overseas in in, in Colombia, we've been in England, and we were back in the States. I was full of fear. I loved Jesus. I loved him with all my heart. But I had not let Jesus come in by the power of the Holy Spirit and set me free from my fears. I just wasn't quite sure God could take care of me. I just wasn't quite sure. And I wasn't quite sure he could take care of these little children. It was during the days of Vietnam. And I can remember standing in my kitchen in England when Cambodia fell, and I just thought I'd die. I thought I'd die. And uh, so I, there were, I was full of fear. One day, I went to a ladies' Bible study. <laughs> and it was in Massachusetts, in Quincy, Mass. And they had a special speaker. She only spoke one time and she had lived through the Second World War. Her name was Olga. And it's one of those moments where God comes in and your life's never the same. One of those divine moments. And little Olga talked about how she lived through the Second World War and she was actually a refugee in Germany because she was Austrian and they transported her to Germany. And then her husband was taken and put in the, to be in the German army and ended up in a French war camp, a concentration camp she talked about she had five children how to keep five children alive during war when she was a refugee in germany she told story after story of jesus christ meeting her with his enoughness in the middle of war and then she showed us her bible that she still used and every page was crinkled she said all these crinkles are my tears as i sought him at night as to how to live the air raids would come and she always kept sugar lumps, sugar wrapped in little packets in her bra, so that the minute there was an air raid, she'd stuff sugar in all the children's mouths because if the babies would cry or the children would cry, the, the Germans would just kill them and bash their brains out. And she said, so she said, I lived in Paris, but I kept it and just would feed my babies sugar. And she said, do you know what? She said, we lived through the war. My husband came back from that French refugee camp, and he was out of his mind. He had gone insane. So I had five children and an insane husband. He had lost all his gums in his mouth. He was so starved. So she said, I once again went back to Jesus and experienced the enoughness of Jesus with five children, an insane husband in the middle of war, at the end of war. And then she said, Jesus met me and He took care of me and He brought me to Canada and then He brought me to Massachusetts. And the minute my husband touched ground in Canada, God began to restore the faculties of His mind. He gave us a house with a garden and as He worked the garden, God brought back His mind and God began to bring healing. But do you know, she said, what happened when I got to America? She said, all of my son, my children that I have given to Jesus and we lived through war, all of a sudden those children began to be in a bountiful land and they lost their first love. They'd seen Jesus take us through the darkest hour and they knew what God could do, but it was a good life and they lost their first love. And she said, I one day was so burdened. I said, Jesus, have I brought my five children to America that they would all go to hell? She said, I do not think so she said better would be war than be this and she said i put myself on every child's bed and i prayed and i wept and i said i am not going to let you go i'm going to stand in the gap the enemy has all the children he needs i stand in the gap for my five." and she said i wept and i prayed and i wept and i prayed going from bed to bed to bed to bed and i held on till god began to give me a peace that he was beginning to hear and she said then the miracles began to happen One child was driving down the freeway in Boston, you can imagine, and all of a sudden, the presence of Jesus came, and he couldn't stop. He had to stop and meet God. Another child was watching a ball game, and all of a sudden, God was there. And she said, I want to tell you, ladies, that Jesus Christ is big enough to meet every single need in your life, every single fear in your life. Jesus Christ is big enough to meet all the tragedies and he is even big enough to meet the bounty, if you will keep your focus and not walk into darkness when you are not under trouble. But you will continue to seek him and seek him with all your heart. And do you know, you and I can get into a place like Israel did. We get so comfortable, and God has met us in tragedy and trauma. And there's some here who have known the very pain that that God knows where you have been loved, and you had a a loved one, and that loved one forsook you and then forgot you. And God said, I know what that feels like. The love of my heart has forsaken me and forgotten me. And God says that is the problem with sin. Sin is not breaking a covenant. Sin is not breaking a law. Sin is not breaking a commandment. Do you know what sin It is a violation of love relationship. It is a violation of a covenantal love. And every time you and I sin, it is because it grieves the heart of the one that loved us enough to die for us that we might know him and might live in fellowship and a love relationship with him. Do you know him like that today? Or has something happened in the nitty gritty of life in the busyness and the wear and tear of getting everybody in school. Has something happened just in the busyness of just, how are we going to feed everybody? And how are we going to live through seminary? Or how am I going to work on the job? So that you and I have done what Israelist uh, Judah did. We begin to think, well, I can just handle this on my own steam. And before we know it, we are not looking to Him. We're looking to Egypt or we're looking to Syria or we're looking to immoral things that would only hurt and destroy and damn us. Instead of coming to Jesus and keeping our focus on Jesus and saying, Jesus, you alone are the one that can meet my need. You alone are my first resort instead of my last resort. Do you remember a few years ago, we had a precious gallon Bible study? And she said, you know, Beth, she said, I was raised in a Christian home and I loved Jesus. I loved him. But I went to university and I was smart, I was smart. And she said, I went to law school and I was good. And she said, I thought, well, I don't, you know, I never actually knew I left Jesus, but I just kind of forsook him. And then I got really prosperous in my business. I was very proud. I was a good lawyer. And she said, I not only forsook him just unintentionally, but I forgot him until one day I woke up and one of my choices had been that I'd married a partner in my law firm who had recently been divorced and I realized he was an abusive alcoholic at home but a fine, lovely, caring gentleman in the office. It was like I'd married Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I was in a living nightmare and none of my brains could meet the pain in my heart, and none of my training could meet the pain in my heart, and none of my money in my bank account could meet the pain in my heart." And she said, Do you know what? I looked at God just like Israel does in this second chapter, and when they have all these other gods and say, in 27, you are my father to a tree, and you are stone gave me birth, But the minute they get in trouble, they say, God, how come you got me into this mess? And she said, I look straight at God, and I said, how come you did this to me? And she said, the sweet thing about him is he's so honest. He said, I didn't do this to you. You never asked me the first thing about any major decision in your life. You did this to yourself. And she said, then all of a sudden it dawned on me how I had drifted from that childhood-teenage relationship of reality into the self-sufficient, quasi-pseudo-sufficient world of a collegian into a businesswoman. And then I made choices and had the repercussions of my choices. And then I was angry with God. But she said, he was right. I had never the first time asked him or consulted him. I had forsaken him and forgotten him and never realized I had done it. Where are we? Where are we this morning? Because do you know what Jesus says? I would like to have a love relationship with you, that you love me first and I love you where all my heart and that you and I have this covenantal love relationship that more than any other love in my heart Jesus is first do you know what then all of the sweet overflow falls out of that and do you know why God sometimes allows pain in your life and my life that we did not choose that is not sin but just good people suffer in an evil world and a broken world. Sometimes he allows those situations in our lives to say, do you love me for my gifts and that I will perform for you? Or do you love me for myself? Would you just love me for me? And do you remember those days when we were being (laughs) courted by your husband? You know, and I can see it so like, you go on special trips and you go out for lovely dinners and then for birthdays there's roses and then a carriage ride in the park and then you just and then then lovely presents. But sooner or later there has to every woman loves that. After a while you have to come to the place to say do I love this man because of all he's doing for me? I surely could get addicted to what he's doing. <laughs> or do I love him because I love him when he's sick, when he's broke, when he's grumpy, and when he drops his socks in the middle of the floor? Will I love him then, when he's a real flesh and blood man? And it's so cute because in special things that come up, sometimes Katie Beth said will say, I couldn't break, we'll tell Susanna so-and-so, don't break up quite yet, just keep on and wait till after such-and-such. Such. See, you can't live like that, because we have to just live, not for what someone does for us or they perform for us, but we have to live because we love them for who they are. And true love is when you and I move into the dimension, I'm not are living up to my expectations, Not their living up to what they can do for me, but do I love them for who they are, just for themselves? And do you know what, that's the longing of your heart and my heart. Will someone love me for just me, no matter what? And that's what God is saying to us today, will you love Him? Will you love Him with all your heart? And do you know what god can do in jeremiah 5 if he finds one woman like that he says if he can find one who comes to the place who loves him with all their heart he can make a difference in all the world with just one one who walks in obedience one who trusts him and one who walks in truth and right Because the minute you and I don't walk into a love relationship with Him, we begin to walk into delusion, and we do not see reality as it really is, just like we talked about last week. Jeremiah began to say yes to God, and he began to see the trouble that was really there. He didn't live in denial anymore. He began to live in truth, and then he began to walk and do what was right, not what was expedient not what was comfortable, but what was right. And that is what God is looking for in you and in me. Are you willing to do that today? Are you willing to be his one? To say, yes, Jesus, I want to love you. I want to love you. And I was in a dark, dark time in my heart. And Jesus was not performing the way I wanted him to. And I, just, and I was just disgruntled with him. And so I, I just went away with a bunch of other Christian workers on a retreat, and it was a beautiful place, and they had round, circular tables. And someone came up to me and said, you need to get to know that lady over there. She loves Jesus better than anybody I ever met. And I thought, I'm not getting anywhere near her. <laughs> because in my condition, uh-uh. But I watched her all night. I said, well, who is she? So, well, she's a mom and she has three boys. Her husband builds ships. He's a shipbuilder. So I watched her and she seemed quite nice, but quite normal. So the next morning I came to breakfast and it was the last, I was late and there was only one seat left and it was next to Connie. And I stood in the doorway, I said, Jesus, why? What will I even say to her? This person who loves you better than anybody this other person ever met. So I sat down, and we began to make polite conversation. And then the presence of Jesus was so real in her life. She was a lover. (laughs) She was a lover of him. the pain in my heart, the disappointment with God's dealing in my life, that He didn't perform like I felt He should, that He was allowing things in my life. All of a sudden, all the pain just came, and I just began to sob. We had to leave, and we went out on the porch and overlooked the Smoky Mountain. We sat there, and I looked at her, and I said, Connie, how do you know Him so well? This is what I love about Jesus. He enters into your space and time and my space and time. She said, one day I was doing the laundry, (laughs) and she said he was there. I was carrying clean clothes up on the landing, and Jesus was there. And she said, I didn't see a vision or see signs or wonders. He just knew he was there. And he looked at me, and he said, Connie, I have plenty of workers for me. But I have so few lovers of me. Would you just love me? with all of you, for all of me, even if I would never perform for you again, would you just love me? She said, I sat down on that landing, and I said, Jesus, you have made me like yourself, because something in my heart longs to be loved, not for who I am or what I do, or who I belong to, or how much money we have or don't have, or how much education I have or don't have, but just for Connie. And she said, I looked up at him and I said, Yes, Jesus, yes, yes, I will give you all of me for all of you. And she said his presence came with such sweetness, the only way I could describe it was like the consummation of my wedding vows on my wedding night one is the symbol of the deeper reality of the one we are ultimately made for the bride of Christ which is you and it's me and she said his sweetness was so real I had to say Jesus pull back a little of it I won't be able to live she said he did And then I looked at her, and in my functional American mind I said, What do I have to do to get there? And she laughed. She said, Beth Coppedge, there's nothing you can do. He has done it all. It is full surrender of your self-will to the full will of Jesus Christ, who loves you so much He died for you. It is just a love relationship where you give Him all of you for all of Him. And do you know that day we prayed on that porch and I had touched reality in the life of that woman, a woman who was no longer her own. He was hers and she was His. And it was just evident in the sweetness, the laughter, The relaxation, the joy of Jesus, the power and presence of Jesus in the life of a lover of Jesus. God is calling you and me into a love relationship. Your marriage and my marriage is a symbol of the intimacy that He wants with us, of the reality He wants So there's no longer Beth and Jesus. It's Beth and Jesus lost in one another. He wants to come even so close to just indwell us and live within us and live his life out through us. And that is the incredible power that comes in Jeremiah 5. If he gets a woman like that, the world's different because the world can tell there is one who is no longer hers. She belongs to another. Do you belong to him today? Have you tasted the sweetness of the red roses of Jesus' love in your soul? Or are you still choosing broken cisterns and going to water and trying to make things happen and you lift it up and it all falls through And there's nothing there for all your efforts. And you know the word is havel for vanity. Any false god that you and I pick other than himself is vanity. It's like a puff of air. You reach for it and it's gone. It's a puff of air. You try to put your stake in it and it's gone. Jesus said, which will you and I choose today? The one who died for us? and calls us into a love relationship of full surrender are empty cisterns that can hold no water that ultimately disappoint disillusion and destroy let's pray oh jesus 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 would you come today Would you draw our hearts into a love relationship with Jesus Christ that we are all yours. And we know the sweet intimacy of full surrender to the beautiful person of Jesus Himself. Jesus, would you let us enter into what that Jeremiah verse that You become our portion my soul says You are my portion so that Lord we feed ourselves on the sweetness of God Himself and know in the intimacy of our being the enoughness of Jesus Christ Jesus would You make that a reality in every single woman's heart here where there are no more rivals There are no more affections. The primary first affection is Jesus himself. Would you anoint the rest of our time? And would you make us your women that would bring joy to your heart so that you could say, Father, look at those women in Wilmore. They love us with all their heart and that we would bring joy to the heart of the Father, joy to the heart of the Son, joy to the heart of the Spirit. Search us, O God, and try our hearts and see if there be any wayward way in us. In Jesus' name.